0: Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative, and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy, Robin Littau. Keep that same energy, podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. I got a chance to watch an early screener of the Coming to America sequel. If it wasn't the Rona, probably would have been a big deal, a big world premiere. Who knows? It probably wouldn't have been it on. Uh, it's on Amazon uh, Prime Video. You know, probably been in theaters and stuff. But I personally am not going to be upset that some of these big movies are coming to the streaming services. You know, I I like going to the movies just like anybody else. Uh, But especially with a a newborn, uh, being able to just chill out, watch it, pause it if needed, because sometimes diapers need to be changed. Um, being able to watch stuff on HBO Max and Amazon Prime and Netflix makes it, it makes it a little easy, but that's not what you're here for. You want to know, is the movie trash or not? Well, I got good news for you. It's not trash. I was concerned. Normally when there is a sequel to a classic and it takes decades for the sequel to come out, normally it's awful. Let's just be honest. Just think about some of the sequels that have come out 10, 20 years after the original. You probably can't even remember them because they're not great. They're not memorable at all. Now, I'm not saying that coming uh, to America sequel is going to be one of those type of movies where 30 years from now you turn on TBS and it's on. That's probably not the case. But... You know, they didn't embarrass themselves. It's like the the situation where you know, if you used to be in, in your prime on the court, and then you get back out there on the court, you, you just you mean you may not go for thirty. You just don't want to embarrass yourself, and that's the best way that I can explain the movie. They they didn't embarrass themselves. It's not as funny as the first movie. The plot. This is a no spoiler review, by the way. The plot is very similar to the first movie It's a lot of nostalgia so if you're a big fan of the of the first movie you will like all of the nostalgia uh, and you know it, it plays it safe which is probably uh, the right idea It's a nice enjoyable flick that gives you a lot of callbacks and probably makes you remember uh, a different time in your life if you're old enough to remember. You know, watching coming to America back in the late '80s, so it's good. You know, they have good chemistry, I would say. You know, Eddie Arsenio, the people that they brought in, Wesley Snipes and Leslie Jones. Uh, the you know the, uh, uh, the guy from Good Times, James from Good Times. They they have good chemistry, so it's a it's a good solid movie. And let's let's be honest. You know, getting a good solid movie is not a guarantee these days. I had to sit through Wonder Woman 1984, and then even if you do get a good movie, sometimes it's depressing. You know, like the the Judas and the Black Messiah, excellent movie, but have one to shoot up all the, all the white people in my neighborhood? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this if you just, sometimes you just need a light, fun, happy, you know, happy ending movie. That, and this is what that is. It's why I don't like when they go too deep with the superhero movies. You know, I think the best thing that Marvel did with their superhero uh, movies was add a little levity, add a little comedy. You know, because these these people aren't real. It's not a guy with iron, you know, iron suit running around or a hammer and all of that stuff. Like, it's not real. So, a little levity. I mean, sometimes, like, look. I like the, the the dark Batman movies as much as anybody else, but it's like, you know, every superhero can't be Batman. <laughs> you know, Spider-Man, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, they can't be Batman. So you gotta have a little, you know, levity to it. And you can't be so political with all of your movies. Sometimes it just needs to be shoot them up, bang, bang. Shoot them up, bang, bang. So I think sometimes you you know, Marvel for the most part has gotten it right. Every once in a while they lean maybe a little too heavy into some other stuff. See Captain Marvel. But even Captain Marvel, they leaned into it a little bit, but they didn't go so over the top you like, God damn, this is not watchable. <laughs> yeah, I can still watch it at least. So, yeah, yeah, coming to America uh sequel. Worth your time. If you if you have Amazon Prime, I think it's free. A prime video, so you're not like, you know, not losing any money on it. You know, so you might as well check it out. Like, you know, I spent money, I I think, to watch Tennant. I should have just waited. I think if I had waited like two more weeks, it would have been free. Tennant was okay. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where they want you to watch it 40 times, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to let the YouTubers handle that. Speaking of Captain America, JJ Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Seems like it's all about the cash. Straight cash, homie. Show me the money. Someone from Watt's team leaked that. Some other teams offered them a little more cash or the same cash. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I mean, listen. I mean, the Cardinals could, you know, roll up and end up being a Super Bowl team. You know, things in the NFL, you know, if you take, if you just kind of eliminate the Patriots from the, equation there always seems a team that not necessarily comes out of nowhere but kind of raises up i mean it could happen i mean they got they got pieces in place so i don't know it's just i don't know how much jj watt has left in the tank um you know if you listen to some coaches they say you know he has a lot left other coaches say he He's kind of not a team player, even though he puts on that team uh, persona. I don't know how much he has left. I know he wanted to get paid. He got some good money. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out. I mean, it's a short deal. It's only two years. So, I mean, he may get over overpaid for two years, but, you know, they won't be locked in for five, six, seven years. J.J. Watts, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it's all about, it's, listen, it's all about the cash. Let's, let's just be honest. It's all. It's always all about the cash. Russell Wilson wants out. You know, I don't know if he saw J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. Like, hey man, I'm gonna get sacked some more. Um, I I mentioned this in a was a Fleet on IG story? I don't remember, but yeah, Sierra's having a lot of influence uh, over his situation. It's one of those type of things where, I mean, you, you probably you, everybody's probably had this situation before is where you're venting about something and your significant other is just kind of egging you on. you know he's venting about being sacked not being able to cook let russ cook and she's like yeah baby you probably could cook better in dallas (laughs) maybe you could cook better in new orleans you cook better in chicago you know and he's like yeah 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 cooking yeah i cook better in dallas Next thing you know, you got a little tension um, in the room. I mean, you never know if the grass is greener on the other side. I think maybe some of these guys are seeing what Tom Brady did uh, going to the Bucks. they like, I could do that, and you're not Tom Brady now. And I also say that it, I let people know it's very difficult to go to Super Bowls. <laughs> you know, sometimes they come in like quick little bunches, and then they never get back. You know, Aaron Rodgers has only been... Uh, in two I believe in one to one or maybe he's only been in one in one to one I can't remember uh drew Brees only went to one Dan Marino only went to one uh, Russell Wilson went to two early and you know haven't been back in seven years it's difficult you know I was curious to see what happens with the Chiefs you know players get older people get hurt the defenses catch up. You know, if you really look at the Chiefs, in the last part of the year, defenses were starting to catch up. They are winning games, but they were beating, like, bad teams by, like, 3 points set because the defense was starting to catch up. They were starting to catch up. I right, Russ is probably going to stay in Seattle, at least for this season. And then I believe if the season doesn't go the way that they want it to go, then they may start looking to move on. They may start thinking that Russ, even though he's never missed a game in his NFL career, may be on the downside uh, of his career. We don't know if that's true or not, but we have to see. Uh, Deshaun Watson is talking about sitting out games, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's, it's all a bluff. The man is sitting with uh, you know a seven uh, uh, clubs and a jack of diamonds. He, he doesn't have a good hand, per se. I mean, his, his, his best part of his hand is just public perception. But reality is, he doesn't have a great hand. Uh, nobody's going to give up upwards of twenty million dollars just because they're mad at the organization and lose another year uh, in their prime. And it's not like an old quarterback; he's a young quarterback, and you don't have that many years. Like I said, you see the you see Brady and Breeze. You know that's that's an anomaly. You know you're probably not going to be playing twenty years. Not with that style. If it's one thing that the non-athletic QB has in their favor, it's just they don't have the accumulation of hits. Therefore, uh, their body uh, is able to play quarterback longer. Really haven't seen too many athletic quarterbacks or quarterbacks that can get out the pocket and take the type of hits that are, like, say, Deshaun Watson takes, type of sacks that Deshaun Watson takes, have 15, 20-year NFL careers. It's normally a cap around 10-12. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be sitting out the entire season. Did you see that Jeremy Lin said somebody called him a Rona on the court? He was real upset about it. But when pressed, he wouldn't say... Who called him Nerona? And I don't really know how to take that. I don't know if to take that like, well, I appreciate the fact that he's not snitching, especially because it's the G League. And if he snitches on somebody in the G League, that literally could maybe destroy any chance of that person ever having to go to the NBA. And there's another part of me saying, hey, man, did you just make this up? Did you just make it up because it sounded good and then think that nobody would actually go try to follow up on it? I mean, nobody's actually backed him up to say, yeah, I heard it too. I'm not saying that he did lie, he didn't lie. It just seems fishy to me. But like I said, maybe he's trying to protect a kid that's maybe 20, 21 years old. That if that stigma get out get out to him, he may never get a shot in the NBA. If so, salute to Jeremy Lin for that. Now, if he's lying, no salute. It's big thing about, you know, Asians... Uh, Discrimination and stuff. And like I I always say, the only people that can't be um, racism can't affect, or you can't say that they're being, you know, people are being racist against them are white people in this country because they are the majority. They are the dominant people. They're the, you know, over the centuries have been the oppressors. You can't be racist against your oppressor you know so you know if you call your, your white neighbor a cracker, that's not that's not racist because you never held any dominance over them you understand what i'm saying now you can be racist to other racist. I mean to other races try to say that several times so you can't be a black person can be racist to a chinese person a chinese person can be racist to a mexican person a mexican person can be racist to a filipino you know what i mean like it could work like that, so it's you know it's possible. Yeah, that that Jeremy Lin because he's Asian, he's had to deal with a different type of racism than say black people, a different type of typecasting and, and things like that. I mean, I guess you have to take him at his word. I mean, he, he's he's not been known to lie, to my understanding, about anything. Some people are like that's just trash talk. Mm, that's borderline. That's borderline. I, I leave you up to decide if calling an Asian person a Rona is crossing the line or not. I think, yeah, I think that's crossing the line, but some people don't. What in the blue hell? Did you hear this story about Ricky Williams and how he first started smoking weed? I, I thought it was just going to be like a regular old story and he said somebody gave him a blunt when he was in high school or something but no story's a little wild and it gets wilder not Deontay wilder to this day it gets a little wilder as you go through it Uh, he said that he was dating a girl and she started to cheat on him with the backup quarterback of the team Uh, through a little research and multiple sources kind of find out that that backup quarterback was Major Applewhite who ended up being the starting quarterback uh, for a time at Texas but this is when it gets really crazy Major Applewhite ended up marrying the girl that he stole for Ricky Williams but he ended up cheating on her when she was nine months pregnant with a student trainer and he's been banned basically from texas ever since then i got another texas story that's not as uh fun one would say coming up but that's kind of crazy ricky said he was distraught over losing his lady so he turned the weed and you know the rest as they say uh is history can you imagine if that happened today? An ex alumni of a major university steals the star running backs girl, married her, gets her pregnant, and then cheats on her with a, a student, a student trainer. She wasn't adult. She was she wasn't like, you know, underage or anything, but she was young. Yeah, that that, that wouldn't just get, you know, swept under the rug in twenty. Twenty-one. Speaking of wild stories, you see the the Nike executive had to resign after twenty-five years because her son was a reseller and was buying uh, a bunch of Nike and Adidas and all that stuff on her American Express card. Like, why would you? Like, he did an interview bragging about you know how he scammed the system. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know the clout gets a lot of people caught up. Like, why would you do that? If you know you're you scamming the system to where you can buy $150,000 worth of sneakers and you're doing it on Mommy's American Express card and you know your mom works for Nike, why would you say, hey, yeah, I want to do an interview about that? Why don't you just lay low, you know, make your little profit and, and go about your business? Now your mom is unemployed People are looking for you out in the streets. Your business is not going to do as well. Like, You don't have to talk about everything. Especially if you're scamming. Y'all understand real life should be better than online life. Talk about this all the time. So if you are a scammer and you're living a great life, right? I'm not saying don't take a few pictures here and there. I'm not saying, you know, maybe talk about your travels here and there. But you have to do it in a way where it seems like a reasonable person would be able to do this. You know, if someone sees you out here and you have no job, but you got seven Teslas, like a reasonable person would be like, that seems a little odd. A reasonable person would be like, how's this? You know, nineteen-year-old college dropout. Where does he have the funds to buy hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of sneakers? A reasonable person might dig into that. But if you were just to show, you know, a couple of boxes, probably people wouldn't care. They don't need to know how many you really sell it. They don't need to know how many you really getting. Why are you showing five hundred boxes of, of Nikes? You just say, hey, I got a few in stock. When when you say, I got a few in stock, they don't need to know you're selling 500. All they need to know is that you had a few in stock and when they tried to to, to get them, it was available. Like I don't when, when Amazon says only a few left, I don't know if they got one or if they got 20,000. I just know I'm trying to get it. Clout. Clout is getting a lot of people caught up. And the thing is, it's a fantasy. It's, it's made up. Like, what does Hush Puppy get out of having a million, you know, followers on Instagram and seeing them on a private plane? You know, but does he maybe get a couple of what, some us sponsorships or something like that? You know, but nobody was really, he wasn't really sponsoring anything. He just was putting it up there just so people could see what he was doing. The lifestyle is the same. With Instagram or not Instagram. Don't let the clout. Get you caught up. Speaking of Instagram and clout. We did a story. From a guy in Africa. Says when he brings the. IG models out to Dubai. They having to have sex with the camels. Like you know. We had already heard about the R. Kelly. And the getting pooped on. But The camels. I, I, I did this story, and, and it's you're gonna, uh, it, it, there's two separate things, but I think the point is still important. Damien Lillard was talking about some of the things that he's been going through over the last uh, 18 months. He actually found his chef dead in his apartment. Um, from what I can gather, it looks like maybe it was apparent suicide. He's had uh, some people die from COVID. He's had a couple of close friends from the hood get shot. Uh, just a lot of real stuff, right? And I say this to say that you don't know what's really going on with the person just from what you see on TV, what you see on Facebook, what you see on Instagram, what you see on Twitter. You don't know. Like, you don't know. If they're living better, or they living worse? You don't know it's in their bank account. You don't know the bill situation. You don't know the debt situation. You don't know whatever, right? You look at someone and you can't tell just because they took a trip here, they took a picture there because everything could be fake, right? Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, A lot of times, if you see someone at an exotic location, right? It doesn't necessarily mean they're staying at that exotic location. I mean, you can go have lunch at a very expensive hotel overlooking a pool, overlooking the ocean. You could take some pictures and live in life with a mimosa. And you honestly can be staying down the street at the Best Western. But nobody knows that. All they see is you buy the pool, you're at a luxury hotel, you got a mimosa. Must be balling you know, girls go to Vegas, you know, they take the pictures and everything. You don't know that they're 13 to a room. I've seen it before. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, I've I've gone to, to big fights and big things there and, and been at the check-in and seen eight of them <laughs> trying to split a bill. I ain't saying nothing wrong with them. just saying you don't know. You don't know. You know, th- these girls can have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, a million followers still be broke. You know, it's you know, depending on sponsorship money is an iffy proposition. You know, they go to Dubai. Who knows how much they're getting to, to do some things with the camels? But you wouldn't know that. All you see them is you know looking you know like Jodeci in the, in the sand, like a Jodeci video. Oh my life. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't know. And I think people are cruel. People are mean. A lot of people are unhappy. People say things. They don't know the full story. No one knows the full truth. They believe things that just, you know, some random person says. Random people that you don't know are making opinions about you without any type of real information. People just lie. Everybody's canceled. <laughs> canceled. What was it, Mr. Potato Head? Like, listen, I'm not going to get in an argument. I'm not going to spend a lot of time and energy about, you know, if Mr. Potato Head should be gender neutral or not. It's a damn potato uh, toy. But just the fact that we're, we're doing this, right? <laughs> just the fact, like, who woke up at whoever has has, does Hasbro make Mr. Potato? I don't know who makes that. Do you want me to look? I don't know why I'm asking you guys. I can hear your answer, but I guess I'll look. I-, I think Hasbro makes Mr. Potato Head. I don't know, you know, Mr. Potato Head. I, I don't know. Let me see. Let me click on it. Is it Hasbro? Uh, Hasbro, right. I'd say I was right. So, I mean, who woke up at Hasbro? You know. And said, "Today is the day. I think Mr. Potato Head should be gender neutral. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why? Who? Why? <laughs> like, what? What? I, I. I. Just that's just where we're all as a country. Like I said, it's not something to argue about. But I don't think, you know, we're worried about the wrong things. You worried about Mr. Potato Head having a penis or not? I'm worried about police brutality, and black people still getting shot in the back. The Injustice League. Now back to Texas. You may have seen the story that we did. um, Some of the alumni in Texas, some very harsh emails because they're upset that the the kids don't want to sing the I in Texas song because it has racial elements to it. Basically anything that was done way back in the day. I mean, it was it was part of a minstrel uh, performance. I mean, we just, yeah, come on now. It's just it's like the national anthem. It's like if you really break down the words, that really for us is this not? You know, like I said, we're the United States of America. That's never been united. We supposedly are the country that is the is the ideal of freedom and opportunity, but you know we had slaves and Jim Crow laws like less than sixty years ago. Things haven't quite haven't gotten better, you know, since then. To be honest with you, I mean they they've changed, you know, but the problems are still there. But the alumni, the rich white alumni, hell, we're not gonna pay you any money, we're not gonna give you any donations if the kids don't sing the racist song that really says a lot about colleges and education you know when colleges thrive off uh donations and alumni and famous alumni and things like that but when those alumni are, are rich old racist white people uh they only see the football players basically it's is slave labor because they don't they don't get paid one of the football players said that the alumni threatened them that they had so much pull in Austin that if the you know, player didn't make it to the NFL and tried to, you know, set up roots, he would have to move up basically out of the state because they would make sure that they never got a job. I mean, just think about that. Like, I don't think people are like we're talking about Mr. Potato Head a lot, but we're not talking about this type of stuff a lot. Like you, you you're hearing a lot of. We're going to ban, you know, Dr. Seuss, but we're not talking about this stuff a lot. Like you hear this stuff, but you're not talking about, you know, how the Las Vegas cops said a Black Lives Matter protester who was legally carrying a gun pointed it at him. So they shot him. But then the videotape shows that the man was running away from him and they shot him in the back. But we're talking about Dr. Seuss. We're talking about Mr. Potato Head. You know, we're talking about all of, you know, this... This irrelevant stuff. All this symbolism stuff. Like I don't care about this. I don't care if it's Mr. Potato Head, Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head. I care that a guy got shot in the back for not doing anything. I care that uh, a university is basically telling a kid that we will block your opportunities to succeed in this country because you won't sing a racist song. That's more important than Mr. Potato Head. Don't you think? I mean, I think, I mean, it sounds like common sense to me, but I mean, let me know what you think. Once again, you know, we have college basketball coaches using plantation analogies. Like, listen, it's 2021. I don't know if the coach is racist. I don't know what he was thinking. I I don't, you know, plantation analogies is not really something in the, that's common. I mean, you say stay the course. More than he say, stay on the plantation. Like where did he hear that? See that that's my thing. He may not be racist, but he heard that from a racist person, and it entered into his lexicon, and he said it to his players. More concerned about that than Mr. Potato Head. You know, you got the soccer players all time telling LeBron shut up and dribble. That they should stick to sports. And let the politicians stick to politicking. You know, that may not be a bad idea if the politicians weren't so corrupt. (laughs) If the politicians weren't so against us. If the politicians hadn't put in all the laws and the rules to hold us back. Then maybe we can let the politicians politic. But obviously, we can't trust them. So we have to speak out. You know, shut up and dribble is only when it's not what the racist people want to talk about. I've never heard a racist person tell an athlete they shouldn't talk about Donald Trump. That they shouldn't talk about the Republican Party. That they shouldn't talk about MAGA. Every time uh, an athlete does that, all I hear is freedom of speech. And they should be able to have the political beliefs that they, they they want to have without being persecuted by the left or the right. I don't even know what the left and the right is. Somebody's left, somebody right, I don't know. But if you talk about, you know, racism, ah, now you gotta be quiet then. You gotta be quiet. Can't say anything then. You can't say anything then. (laughs) I've noticed white women, some white women, not all, love to play the victim, but then in their life, they don't show any compassion or understanding for pretty much anything. And when you call them out on it. Then all of a sudden they, they look at you like you're crazy. So it's heavy white privilege. Like Vanessa Bryant called out a couple of. White women. White actresses. Who called Kobe a rapist. Right after. You know he died in a tragic accident. You know. You can't defend yourself. if you If you're dead. And the thing about it is this. You can't change people's opinion, right? There are, obviously, there are people that think that Kobe is indeed a rapist. I believe Ben Roethlisberger is a rapist. I believe that to be true. Now, other people will say, oh, you know, no convictions, no this, no that. They're just opinions, right? Which is fine. There's nothing you can do about that. You can't change people's opinion. The problem is this. Is... We are human beings, right? We need to have some level of compassion. Some level of understanding that we don't always have to say what's on our mind. Because you have to look at it like this. When you say that about Kobe five minutes after he passed away. He has a mother, a father, a wife, three other daughters. His daughter passed with him. There's seven other people on the plane that's died. Is that really the energy you want to put out right at that moment? Really? Is that the energy you want to put out right at that moment? If Ben Roffersberger, I'm not trying to wish anything on him, you know, if he got into an accident and something bad happened to him and his kid, I'm not going to be talking about some of my personal beliefs on him. Because he has a mother, a father, a wife, other kids, friends that care about him. You know, family members that care about him. And it's a tragedy, right? It's like Tiger Woods, like we talked about last week. You know, Tiger, there's some issues there, right? And if, But if Tiger had, you know, tragically passed away, we wouldn't have talked about those issues. I mean, hell, they even, the New York Post even wrote a story about his mistress while he was in the hospital. Like, we don't have any compassion anymore. But white women want compassion for them. Like, one of these ladies was dating Marilyn Manson and supposedly helping him cover up all of the stuff that, you know, he was doing. But all of a sudden she got a problem with Vanessa. There's kids involved. No one has any compassion anymore. No understanding. I don't know if it's a product of social media. You got to get those. You want to go viral. You, you want to be a part of the crowd. You want to hoard you know, information. I don't know what it is. But it's sad. And frankly, it's pathetic. Deshaun uh, Watson's agent um, called out FS1 and Marcellus Wiley and uh, Emmanuel Ocho. Uh, for a segment that they had uh, that they had a guy there, you know, called Uncle Jimmy who's, who's basically supposed to be like an Uncle Ruckus uh, type from the Boondocks and he was talking things about Deshaun uh, Watson and his family and his upbringing and things like that you know it just perpetuated a lot of uh, black stereotypes and you know this is a segment that was brought in by Jason Whitlock that they've kept now, the interesting thing is uh, nobody would have, you know, really said anything because, you know, no one really watches, you know, that show. So for him, he, put, he pointed out and everybody else got to see it. Uh, but what I found interesting about it was Emmanuel Ocho, uh, the the guy that's had a New York Times bestseller uh, that said, you know, that's about uncomf- uncomfortable conversations with a black man where he talks about race and things like that to, to white people, said... When they ask somebody, he say, hey, I'm just the talent. And, you know, I don't make the decisions on the segments. Now, I find that interesting because, you know, you're, if your whole part of your whole persona is uncomfortable conversations, you don't have those conversations with your producer. You don't have those conversations with Marcellus. You don't have those conversations with FS1. Uh, obviously, you have these people attention. Uh, they wanted you on the show, you're you're the co-host. Uh, seems like a bit of a cop-out to say I'm just a talent. You know, it's almost like saying I'm the house you Negro. Like, it's just odd if you said I'm the person that has uncomfortable conversations about race and racism. I do a segment where an agent is saying that it's a racist segment, it's a stereotypic segment, and then you just Say I, it's not my job to book the segments. Now, granted, I know you want to be on the Bachelor and all of that stuff. So you, it's only you're uncomfortable. It's only so uncomfortable. You know, yeah. You know, it's it's sometimes you gotta do the, the dirty work, and there's a risk in that. In doing the dirty work, sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes you can say things like you're doing the dirty work, but. You're really not. You're really not. You know, are you really in there doing the dirty work for us? Or are you doing peripheral work to get into favor uh, with the people that can enhance your career? That's something to think about. Before I get out of here, I'm going to address this issue. Because, hey, you know, I'm not one to run away uh, from issues. And people have asked me, about it. Now, what I have said is I don't believe that Twitter is the proper uh, place to have nuanced conversations. Uh, it's just not like you just can't have those type of conversations. And, and if you start down a path, especially a path that disagrees with the majority, you just can't, you, you're not going to get the type of dialogue that you're looking for. What I mean by that is when you have a conversation about a divisive topic and people have various opinions on it, it doesn't necessarily mean their opinions are right uh, or wrong. It just means that there's various opinions on the topic. Now, maybe you learn something by the discord. Maybe you learn something during the discussion. You know, maybe you have your mind changed. I don't know. But You want to have a civilized conversation about it. That doesn't happen on Twitter. Uh, They always choose violence. So sometimes it's best uh, just to stay out of it. Especially if you know that people are trying to bait you into a conversation to choose said violence. And I'm beyond that. I've learned my lesson um, in that regard. But anyway... Uh, NFL Network's uh, Jane Slater uh, posted a job opportunity uh, on her timeline and it was an unpaid uh, internship. And that pissed a lot of people off because in 2021, you know, doing things unpaid is frowned uh, upon. You know, there were a couple of individuals who, you know, it's like Rob, you know, had contributors and he wasn't paying them so he must be like the bad people he must be like the bad people that don't want to pay their interns and da 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 -da. right couple of things that should be noted you know going forward is first off is i am not a major conglomerate right (laughs) like when i say that i'm one individual right i am not you know sb nation i'm not bleacher report You know, I'm not Vox Media. I'm not Vice. I didn't have $100 million, you know, given to me and said, build the business. I didn't have, you know, backers and investors to build the business. I, myself, did not get paid for running BSO for almost five years. (laughs) Five years not one year not two years not three five years of doing this and when i did get paid wasn't a lot of money it was not so you know it definitely was not enough trust me to pay an entire you know staff it was barely enough to get me in an apartment that had you know heat that worked, air conditioning that worked, that wasn't in you know, a in a location that had me fearing for my life every time I came home. Now, that's the first thing. Secondly, what a lot of people don't know and don't choose to care, like I said, it's one of those people have tunnel vision about certain things, right? One thing that companies. Don't do is when you have personal problems, right? The company doesn't really step in to help with your personal problems. You work for a company and your rent is due, that's a you problem, right? Your electric is getting turned off, that's a you problem. You run in, you have some issues with the law, that's a you problem, not a company problem one of the things probably incorrectly i'll be perfectly honest with you that i did was i treated the people that that was contributing for me i treated them like friends and family not employees meaning that when they would come to me with a problem lights getting turned off bail money being stranded somewhere Just needed to eat. Getting kicked out. Other issues. I'd take care of it. Yeah. Obviously not the same as a salary. But I would take care of it. Because they were my quote unquote friends. Even if I didn't have it. Now I figure out a way to get it. But alas. You know. I'm the bad guy, so that's the stuff that you don't you know hear, and if you were to talk to certain people, just ask them. you know, would you be where you're at without Rob? I think if they gave you an honest answer, they would say no, because some of them was in some really, really bad situations. That's okay. Once again. Everybody has their own life. Their own truth. I know the truth. That's good enough for me. As far as paid or unpaid. Of course everybody wants to get paid. Everybody wants to get paid. If you can get paid. That's a beautiful thing. There are times. In your career. Where it's. Possible that you're gonna have to do things that put you a little bit in a hole. I give you an example. I may have maybe told this story before. I give you two examples, two stories from my past. And you have to remember, sports media is a hard industry to break into. And I don't know, like now there's so many people with with YouTube channels and blogs and and and. and IG Live and all that stuff, you know, it's just it's it's flooded with these. But I remember had an opportunity to interview Eli Manning, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Puff Daddy for a Gatorade event in New York. And Gatorade, I asked Gatorade, I said, well, can you know? Can you pay for it? <laughs> and they're like, well, the best that we could do is, you know, give you, you know, a little per diem for for coming. Because frankly, we could just get people in New York to come to the event. So we give you a hundred dollars, right? We give you a hundred dollars. And you do what you want to do with that hundred dollars. So I had to find a, a really cheap flight. You know, the cheapest of the cheap flights. I got to the hotel. And the hotel that I got to was was booked, prepaid book. But they had, well, you had to put your credit card down for amenities. It was $100. I didn't have $100. The only $100 I had was what I had got from Gatorade. And that had to last me for two days. In New New York City, so I told the, the the girl at the front desk I would come back and and give my credit card uh, as soon as I could. It was in my room and all of this stuff, and I would have. And here's the thing: I snuck out of back doors. I never tried to come in the front. Had my hat low. I kept my door open, cracked, because I thought maybe they were going to deactivate my key card. I took the subway. I took a bus. Back to the airport. But I got my interview with Eli, with Puff Daddy, with Danny and Thompson, helped build the brand. Another time, HBO asked me, they said, We'd really love for you to come cover this Miguel Cotto, Antonio Margarito fight to the rematch in New York. I said, Hey, can you help get me down there? They're like, uh, No. <laughs> But we would appreciate you. Get you some interviews. Get you some behind the scenes stuff. I didn't have any money. So I looked and looked and looked. And I found this hotel. I didn't even know what a hostel was. (laughs) I didn't know what a hostel was. I got to the hotel. The elevator was broke. I had to climb up six. Six flights of stairs. Shared bathroom. Bedroom. Uh, Not too hot. I slept on top of the sheets. Because I didn't know what had went on underneath them. Went to the fight though. Covered the fight. Helped the BSO brand. I have literally hundreds of stories like that. Going, having to catch buses. Staying at run down hotels. barely. you know. Overdrafted my account just so I could get to where I needed to get to. Borrowed money. I did all of this to help build the brand. It wouldn't change anything about it. Ideally, when somebody had came and said, hey, we're going to give you a million dollars. And here you go. That would have been nice. But it didn't happen. The fact of the matter is this. Is that sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Ideally, you don't want to have to make that sacrifice. If you could do things where you can get paid, that's beautiful. If you feel that your opportunities are limited and to get where you need to go, you have to do some things where you're not paid, but you honestly feel it's going to get you to where you go, you have to consider that. What I say, all of this, is that there's no right or wrong answer. There's no need to argue uh, about this. It's not an arguing type of thing. So I thought it was a little odd. You know, people say, is there a racial component to it? Well, obviously, yeah. It's a racial component to anything when you're talking about labor. And the reason is, is that if, just, just common sense, if, if your daddy and your mommy got money, it's easier for you to take unpaid work. You know, if somebody's already paying your bills and stuff like that, yeah, of course there's a racial component to it there's a racial component to everything in society and specifically in sports media here's the problem though and a lot of times people don't like to actually talk about the problem they just like to get their tweets off the problem is this we know there's a racial component right but we also know that there's discrimination in hiring so what is the solution if we can't get these people in the door. I always tell people get in the door, then spread your wings. Some people aren't appreciative of that. I'll be honest with you. They're not. They're not appreciative of the opportunities uh, that you give them. They don't realize how difficult those opportunities were. These people were not told, you know, things like, If you mess up, you never come back. (laughs) So that's stuff that's already told to black people. People don't know that BSO is the first independent, national, black website to, to get a Super Bowl credential in a stadium. Like, we're the first. They didn't do that before us, they didn't do that before me. They were very limited. And the type of websites they would allow into the NBA Finals. that weren't national websites. We helped break those barriers. Doing stuff like the U.S. Open and the Masters and stuff like that. Those things are difficult. Getting beat reporters at the NFL and the NBA level. That's difficult. You know, sometimes you make it too easy for people. Then they don't appreciate the hard work that goes into it. because they've been getting hyped up and being told all of this stuff but then you see these people are still in the the same positions they are in that they were before you know you don't you get a people get a big head and don't really realize the people that are trying to help them and so you have to look at it like this do you believe that that you know jane slater was Trying to be negative was was trying to take advantage of the situation, or was she just trying to help somebody? You know, it. Then what happens is the stuff goes off the rails. then. the you, the conversation gets hijacked? And now you're talking about her at the pool and who has the money and who doesn't have the money. Like it's it's not a, a a health. It's a toxic. It becomes a toxic conversation. It's easy for a person who's already made it to tell another person both ways. Like, it's e- like it would be easy for me as someone who's made it to say, you know something, make sure you get all your money, right? And it's the same. It's easy for me someone who's made it to say, hey, you got to pull up your bootstraps and sometimes you got to be in the mud before you get to where you're going to get. It's easy because you're already there. Now, I agree with some people that saying what was good 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, doesn't necessarily apply to right now. Once again, these are nuanced conversations. You know, there are certain things that you can say and do, and and things that you can't do now. But when the conversation becomes toxic, no one really gets help. The person that needs the help is not getting the help. You're not helping that person. You're not helping those individuals. You're saying a lot of words, but you're not helping the individual. On the one hand, you say always get paid for your work, right? But on the other hand, you're part of a organization that charges college students damn near two, three, four thousand dollars just to go attend a convention. You see what I'm saying? Is there's hypocrisy? In a lot of these things that are going on I'm old now you know I've had ups I've had downs I've had people try to take me out I've tried people have tried to cancel me people have done this and that and I persevered because a couple of reasons I stand ten toes down I'm not someone who's even if I'm being attacked is gonna throw other people under the bus I have some loyalty and furthermore, I've, I know that I've, even if they have turned their back on me, I never turned my back on anybody. It's a, a nuanced conversation that really should be happening, not on social media. It shouldn't. Because everybody's situation is different. The way people are trying to get into the business is different. Like I said, it's real easy to say, don't take an unpaid membership, but pay me $500. do not take an un- un-turned, uh, unpaid internship, but pay me $500 yearly f- to go to this conference. You know, we want to get paid off of you. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't want to have those type of deep conversations. People don't really want to know what's going on. People don't really want to know how if people truly knew your background maybe you wouldn't get hired. Like you don't get jobs being beat reporters with no experience. You can only do that if you have certain people putting you in power to do that you take that and you move on. But are you appreciative of it? Or are you going to be slanderous of it? Yeah, you tell me. Like I said, I, I am past, for those that are listening, I am past the... I'm not going to argue on Twitter anymore. I'm not going to go back and forth with people on Twitter. I talk about WandaVision and Tupac And, you know, NFL draft and basketball. I'm talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff that makes me happy. I'm not getting down in the dirt, in the mud with people. Because I'm above that now. I got more important things going on in real life. But, if people want my opinion, and I assume you do, if you're here, is don't listen... (laughs) Really, to anybody, in in that type of platform is what I'm saying. Because the message is going to get muddled. Your your individual situation is different, like you said, or like some people say, hey, if my kid wants to do an unturned internship, they may be able to do it. I'm doing all right, maybe you can't because you got you know it's the pandemic and all of this other stuff you gotta get paid you gotta each situation is different don't use social media as a guide because you don't know these people they just talking a lot of them are just following the wave trying to get retweets trying to get likes like people don't like to give real opinions so just follow your own instincts. You may make mistakes. You it may not be the right choice. But follow your instincts. You don't want to be the person that loses your opportunity because you listen to someone on Twitter who already is making six figures. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta use your brain. It's a tool. You gotta to use your brain. It's a tool. Don't too many people are influenced. By social media that's why I'm talking to you just like a regular dude I'm not tweeting about it I'm not trying to get likes I'm not trying to get extra stuff. I know the people that listen to this podcast actually are, are using their brains as tool and're not about the b s and a couple of people asked me about it I said I address it but don't don't be influenced you don't the opportunities that come up you have to take them as they are and decide if this best for you it may not be best for your friend or your buddy or your the white guy, the black guy, the black girl, or the white girl, you have to look at it for you and if that opportunity gets you to where you want to go and get you to that next step that's the most important thing. And hopefully that helps you out a little bit like I said I'm a triple OG now. I, I've you know there's nothing I haven't done. There's nothing, there, there, any mistakes that you have made, I've already made them. <laughs> I'm just trying to be helpful to people going forward. That's all I can really do. I can't control narratives or anything like that. All I can do is just be the best person that I could be going forward. And just understand that you have to separate the real from the BS. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, B-S-O-T-V. Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together. I'm out.